I wanted to talk about a few things that have come up over the past week that are issues that need to be addressed so that we can come up with a plan of action moving forward that makes us appear intelligent instead of unintelligent. So I've jotted down a few issues here that I want to talk about, and these are things that I've been mulling over in my head over the past week, and I've gotten some questions about some of these things, so I think it's important to address these. You know, the first thing is you are going to be judged by how you handle yourself over the next 30 days. It is not an exaggeration to say that this is going to be one of those crystalline moments. This is going to be one of those formative moments that you will, in the future, look back on and say, I handled myself when I needed to handle myself. I took care of business when I needed to take care of business. I did not back down. I did not equivocate. I did not retreat. I took care of what I needed to take care of when I needed to take care of it. I know that I can handle myself. You want to be able to say that to yourself. You want to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and to hold your head up high wherever you go and say that you took care of yourself and you took care of business when the chips were down. Because now's the time. Now's the time. Every moment in your life has been leading up to this moment. Every previous moment in your life has been leading up to this moment. So it's very important that you approach these things from the right perspective because perspective is everything. Attitude is everything. Proper frame of mind is everything. It's not just anything, it's everything. And there's a huge difference, as I've said before, between mouthing stoic platitudes and talking about this and talking about that and actually having the conviction to implement them, having the conviction to put them into practice. You see, that's the difference. That's the difference between someone who talks about these works and someone, for example, who is willing to spend a year and a half of his life actually translating them from the original language. There's a difference between walking the walk and talking the talk. There's a big difference. And now I don't expect everyone to be a scholar or a translator. That's not what I'm that's not the point that I'm trying to make. What I am trying to say is there's a big difference between conviction, between having the conviction to believe in something, to truly be dedicated to something, to truly internalize something where you love it and you've made it part of yourself. You've internalized those lessons so that they're not just platitudes, they're not just adages or sayings or taglines that you put out on Twitter. That's the difference. That's the difference. In or, and in order to get to that point, in order to get to that point, you actually have to reach that point in your life where you are just, you're, you're out of energy. You're expended. You've exerted a mass. You've exerted every ounce of energy that you have. And it's at that point when you are depleted, when you have no further energy left to contribute, to the struggle, that's when you have to dig deep and that's when you have to keep going because that's the moment. That's the moment of truth. The moment of truth is not the first 30 seconds of a run. The moment of truth is not the first 10 minutes of a run. The moment of truth is that sequence of time right at the end of the run when you are about ready to collapse, when you can't go any further and you make yourself go further. And that's the difference between talking the talk and actually walking the walk. So we'll see. 
Well, let's see. You like to talk about Seneca. You like to talk about this. You like to talk about Epictetus, all these guys. Let's see if you really have understood. Let's see if you've really internalized what they say. You know, let's see if you really understand and you've actually followed the lives of these guys and see what they actually had to endure in their real lives, in their actual lives. So the number one thing that I think going forward that you have to do, that you have to do, you have to do to take care, take care of yourself mentally and physically, you have to maintain a very, very rigorous schedule, a ruthlessly rigorous and structured schedule. The only thing that's going to save you is your routine. The only thing that's going to save you is your schedule, your ability to get up in the morning at an early hour and to know exactly what you're going to do. There should be no confusion about confusion about what you have to do. You know what you have to do. You know what you have to do. You should move seamlessly from point A to point B to point C to point D without even having any doubts in your mind or thought in your mind about what you need to do. Now, this would be a lot easier if you were part of an organization, a military organization or a group that could help support you, carry you along, order you up, make sure you're where you are supposed to be when you're supposed to. But you don't have that luxury right now. These are the cards that you were dealt with. This is, this is the situation that you have now. You have to make the best of the situation as it exists now. You are never going to be in a perfect battle situation where you're fighting the kind of fight that you want to fight. You don't fight the kind of fight that you want to fight. You fight the kind of fight that exists at that time. That's the reality. You don't fight the way you want, where you want, when you want. You deal with the situation, you deal with the hand of cards that you've been dealt with. And that's where we are right now. So you've got to have a schedule. You've got to be taking care of yourself physically, i.e. working out every single day or every other day, mentally studying every day, and spiritually reflecting on what happened during that day, reflecting on what things you've read, reflecting on what you've read. Now is your chance to shine. Now is your chance to do it. You wanted a chance. You wanted the chance to prove yourself. You wanted that, that opportunity to prove yourself as a man, and now you've got it. Now you've got it. Are you going to fuck it up or are you going to take advantage of it? Are you going to bitch out? Are you going to cry? Are you going to whine? Are you going to collapse into the fucking fetal position? Or are you going to seize the opportunity? Are you going to seize the horns of the Minoan bull at Knossos, for example? And are you going to vault yourself over that bull as he's charging at you? Have you ever seen those old those old uh, paintings from the Cretan civilization where you had those bull uh, acrobats. They would leap on top of the bull uh, using the bull's uh, head to vault over the bull. This actually happened. They actually did this. So you have to develop the same sort of agility mentally, physically, so that when the bull, be when the bull comes charging at you, you just vault right over him. You vault right over him and you keep going. You keep going. You know, you're not the first one who's had to deal with a, a terrible hand of cards. You're not the first one. You know, in the ancient world, shipwrecks were a lot more common than they are now. They were a lot more common. Shipwrecks happened all the time. 
And you may recall in my first book, 37, which was published back in 2014, seems like a century ago now, there was a chapter in there called The Shipwreck of Simonides. And the point of that is that you only reach the shore with what you have on your back. When you lose all your goods, when you lose all your possessions, that's the moment that you should be grateful for because you're still alive. You may have lost all your goods, you may have lost all your wealth, you may have lost everything that you have, but you're still alive. You can start over. You're still alive and you can start over. And shipwrecks in the ancient world, and a shipwreck in Latin was called naufragium, naufragium. And shipwrecks were a lot more common because travel in the, in the Mediterranean was done by, by sea. And ships often went down. They didn't have the weather forecasting abilities that we do now. Ships would run into storms. They would run aground. They would go down. And very often the survivors of those vessels reached shore, if they were lucky, with nothing at all. All their goods went down. It happened. Merchants lost their, lost their cargoes. Uh, passengers lost their possessions. It happened. Ulysses S. Grant was the president of the United States, and he got involved with a scammer, a Wall Street scammer. He lost every penny he had. He lost every penny he had. Everything. And this was a war hero, the victor of the American Civil War. He had been president. He had nothing, nothing. And he had to spend a good part of the rest of his life writing his memoirs because he needed to find a way to provide for his family. He did not collapse into a, a pile of whining and crying and fear and fear-mongering and stress. He dealt with the situation that existed and he made the best of it. And you will too. You will too. You know, there's a scene in the movie The Edge. The Edge, I think it was uh, a movie. It's Well, it came out, I think, 1997 or 98. I can't remember. It's a David Mamet movie. Stars... Uh, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Alec Baldwin, and there's a great there's a the, uh, some dialogue that's repeated several times in that movie, and it says that when men are lost in the woods, when men are lost in the woods, they often die of shame. Anthony Hopkins says this, and what he meant by that was what he meant by that was they die of shame because they failed to do what is necessary to save themselves in that situation. They failed to take action. They failed to take action to correct themselves, to try to think their way out of the problem. They just collapse. They're overwhelmed by shock. They're overwhelmed by guilt, by shame, by whatever emotional response that they're feeling. And these emotional responses are what doom them. These emotional responses are what prevent them from dealing with the situation as it exists. So you have to be mindful of this. You have to be thinking about this. And there's a scene in there where Anthony Hopkins tells one of the other guys in the party, and they're lost in the woods, he says, go find a flat stone, go collect a bunch of flat stones. He knows that uh, searching for flat stones doesn't mean jack shit, doesn't, mean, doesn't do anything. But the idea of giving him this task to do helps calm this guy down, helps enable him to deal with the situation as it exists. It helps him to cope with his sense of shock. And sometimes you've got to help out guys like that. Not everyone has the same level of mental and physical toughness. Okay, I understand that. I understand that. Not everyone has the same level of mental and physical toughness. And the ones that are a little bit higher up on that curve have to reach down and help their brothers that are a little bit lower on that scale. And that's the way it should be and that's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always been. So 
If you see someone in need, if you see someone who needs a helping hand, don't be afraid to reach out to that person and try to help bring him up because you're helping, you're creating good karmic debt. You're creating positivity, you're creating good karmic debt, and that will come back to benefit you. The only people that sometimes need a, a swift corrective kick are those malingerers and those who don't want to do what they need to do to move on. And there are there's sometimes I get emails. You know, I got one a couple days ago. You know, these the, sort of the generic malaise email. These emails that say I'm feeling aimless, tired, listless. I don't know what to do. I feel like I have no purpose in life. Well, you know, I say to those guys, I say, look, you, obviously you haven't been listening. You haven't been paying attention. I've been talking about this for six, seven years now. And if you don't know what you need to do, if you don't know what to take action, then obviously you haven't been listening. You haven't been paying attention. You will know what you need to do. You know what you're supposed to do. You need to implement, you need to carry out those directives of what you need to do. You know. No, what you're looking for is you're looking for an excuse. You're looking for a discussion. You're looking for a debate to avoid taking action. There's nothing to debate. You know what you need to do. I've already told you multiple times. There's hundreds of articles on my site. There's hundreds of podcasts that I've put out. You know what you need to do. Don't ask me why you feel aimless. If you feel aimless and listless and lost and clueless, it's because you have not spent the time to craft up a plan of action for yourself and for your life. The only person who, the only person who can get you out of your situation and to get you improved where you need to be is you. You have to take the initiative. You have to do it. Okay? Mom and dad aren't going to do it. Your teachers aren't going to do it. Girlfriend's not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I can point you in the right direction, but you have to do it. And the only way you're going to do, do that is when you decide, when you've reached such a level of rock bottomness, for lack of a better word, that you realize that you're not going to put up with, you're not going to tolerate the existing situation. That's the only way things are going to change, when you decide they need to change. Until then, it's just mental masturbation. It's just verbal masturbation. And you don't need that. Don't waste my fucking time. Okay? Now, those who approach me with honest, sincere questions, legitimate questions, and even if they, you know, and I'm willing to often to provide a shoulder to cry, I have no problem with that, up to a point. But at some point, the hammer has to come out. You know, if someone is sincerely trying, if someone sincerely has a specific particularized question, that's fine. That's fine. But these generic sort of, I'm lost, I don't know what to do, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's happening. You know, no, you haven't done the work. You haven't done the preparatory work. You know, you haven't done the work. You know, I've published, there are seven, I have seven books out there. I've got hundreds of articles, podcasts. It's all there. It's all there. It's all been spelled out either by inference or by direct speech, by direct words or indirect words, either directly or indirectly. It's all there. It's all there. You know what you need to do. And sometimes the people that are the most helpful to you are going to be the ones that convey the message that you need to hear, but maybe not in a way that you really want to hear it. Who's a, who's a real friend? Is a real friend someone who coddles your insecurities and and tells you that you should be the, the the biggest putz and the biggest pudwack that you should be the biggest knob nibbler the biggest dork is that a friend who keeps you down who 
prevents you from, from improving yourself or is a friend, that person who's going to inspire you, who's going to kick you in the ass, who's going to move you forward, who's going to help you reach that higher plane. Who's the real friend? So if, if, if some bit of advice bothers you, if something bothers you or if you don't like the way something is phrased, then maybe what you need to do is examine your own self and say, why does that bother me? Maybe that cuts deep. Maybe that, maybe that hits home with a little bit too much reality. Maybe that's the reason why I don't like that. Maybe that's the reason why I don't like that. So think about that. Think about that. These things that I've just talked about in this podcast are important because we are in a situation that is unlike situations in the past. People are isolated. People are spread around. People are spread out. People have a greater need now to become self-motivators. We are now in the era of self-motivation. You've got to have those reservoirs of willpower to pull yourself up and to pull yourself out. We can be there to help you. I will be there to help you. I will be there to guide you. But you have got to put in the work. You have got to put in the effort. We will not let you fail. I will not let you fail. But don't come with these questions, these chicken shit, limp dick, uh, uh, bitch, bitch ass questions about I feel aimless. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. Well, what are you doing? What plan of action have you come up with? What have you crafted? What have you done? These are the questions that I'm going to ask you first. These are the questions you're going to get. So if you don't have the answers for these questions, don't bother asking. Don't bother asking. Okay. These things are very, very important because, as I said, there's a lot more isolation than there used to be. Men and women in this generation, we don't have the family support networks that we used to have in generations past. We don't have the social network support, uh, uh, so the uh, societies and the, the uh, organizations and the cultural institutions that existed maybe 50, 60 years ago. They're not around anymore. They're not around anymore. So you've got to pay special attention to this because it really is a matter of your mental health, your spiritual health, and your physical health. So take note of that and go get them.